Alright, brand new channel for discussing anime, what should the first topic be to really get the ball rolling? Something popular like One Piece, Jojo's, maybe the latest seasonal isekai or some ecchi that would be great for a thumbnail? How about some obscure manga that's nowhere near completion, has an extremely suspect title, and almost zero searchability? Oh yeah, that's a big brain idea. Ladies and gentlemen, today I present to you, this is why I love, I Shaved. Then I brought home a high school girl. A series which, name alone, is enough to get you added to multiple watch lists, and a series that I have recently fallen massively, massively in love with. Real quick, this is a new channel where I'll be discussing anime and manga. Leave a comment slash recommendation if you want me to discuss other stories, and be one of my first subscribers. Enjoy! Now I did call this story obscure, but you know, this bad boy that I'm about to talk about was the number one light novel on Annie List in 2018 with a whole 12 favourites. Also if you're from Reddit manga, you've possibly seen the monthly discussion threads, or if you're an incel, you've probably just shown up in the Mangadex comment section related to this series. But let's just jump into it. I shaved, then I swear officer I didn't commit a felony, also known as uh, Hige wo soru, soshite joshi kosei joshi. Hige wo soru, soshite joshi kosei wo hiro, also abbreviated as Hige wo soru, is a comedy, slice of life, and romance manga adaptation of a light novel of the same name by novelist Shime Saba. The story begins with a plot straight out of hentai and proceeds to become a mixture of top-tier wholesomeness and incredible underlying sadness as well as so much more. As I'm about to discuss, it explores the topics of the importance of meaningful relationships, how one person can completely change another's life, and what it means to be wanted for who you really are. I shaved and saw flashing blue lights outside my window is a story about Yoshida, a salaryman who, whilst blind drunk after being rejected by his big-tittied senpai, stumbles upon a high school girl named Sayu in the streets near his house. Realizing that she had nowhere to go, he brings her back to his home and they begin to live together in a somewhat father-daughter type relationship. We are rapidly introduced to the fact that Sayu had a really messed up life before meeting Yoshida. After running away from home and needing shelter, she resorted to relying on men to survive. Through her previous encounters, she was only ever valued for her body, and discarded the moment she became inconvenient. She learned that everything given to her had to be repaid, and she learned that the only thing that she had of worth with which she could repay the debt was herself. Sayu grew to believe that the only way that she could ever feel wanted and valuable was through fulfilling the physical desires of another, and then enter Yoshida who actually treats her as a valuable human being mindful of her comfort, attentive to her needs, and most perplexingly to Sayu, utterly rejecting towards her sexual advances. This happens because, you see, Yoshida doesn't want nor need that from Sayu because what he gets from her is the thing that so many of us in this modern world are lacking. Genuine, compassionate companionship. Yoshida's rejection of Sayu's sexual advances play into a major theme for several chapters in which Sayu wrestles with the idea and at the discomfort at the foreign notion that her body isn't wanted or needed in repayment. She'd never experienced this new type of desire. The type of desire where she was wanted not for what she could do in a one-sided way that conformed to the expectations of and for the pleasure of the other person, but 
She was wanted for who she really was as a human being. She was wanted just for being her. I think that these two themes really are the core of Hige Wosoru. Building and living within a genuinely caring companionship-styled relationship, and being desired for who you are, and not just what you can do to meet the expectations and the pleasure of another person. I think these ideas play into a really large part of why I love this manga so much, and also why it resonates with so many readers. It's a common observation that in this modern world, where we are more connected than ever, we are simultaneously more isolated than any humans ever before us. In this modern world, we truly are lonely in the crowd. Coupled with this, we as humans will naturally seek to conform to the norms and expectations of our culture, and also the norms and expectations of our closer circles. And within these closer circles of ours, we may be able to reveal more of ourselves and be valued more for who we are rather than what we can do for others. But really, to how many people can we ever reveal all of ourselves to and still be confident in absolute acceptance? And then to a degree, as humans, it's natural to value and to be valued by others by what we can do for them and what they can do for us regardless of who anyone really is. We are, to so many, simply replaceable. The story of Hige Wosoru displays these feelings so clearly. Sayu suffered from this, being used and valued only for what she could do, and then tossed aside because what she provided became outweighed by her inconvenience. She was not valued for who she was, but instead only for what she could do, and only during the fleeting moments when she was doing something to please another was she ever wanted. Never because of who she really was. Never valued as a unique individual. This is where the two themes of companionship and desire to be valued from Hige Wosoru really connect with the reader and allow for deep immersion and, for lack of a better term, wish fulfillment. This feels similar to me as I read it, as how I would feel reading a shonen power insert, where I as the reader would want to feel strong. Except in this instance with Hige Wosoru, we as the reader only wish to feel wanted for who we really are, and to vicariously experience one of the most beautiful and wholesome relationships put to pen. Where the relationship between Sayu and Yoshida explores the themes of relationships in the context of a more familial setting, and where this aspect of the story makes great connection to the entire existential concept of being desired for being you. The story also expands upon the theme of what does it mean to have healthy, beyond the surface, and for lack of a better term, more adult relationships, and what it means to healthily desire others in this domain. The story drives the expansion of this idea via its use of two additional characters, Yoshida's two co-workers, Tits Senpai and definitely not grown-up Koga Tomoe. You see, Tits Senpai represents unfounded, transactional, and surface-level desire for a relationship. Yoshida's attraction to her appears purely lustful, in that his senpai can fulfill his physical desires, and to Tits Senpai who keeps leading Yoshida on, he represents to her an ability to fulfill her desire of feeling attraction and attention. As the story progresses, Definitely Not Koga represents the complete other side of this coin. Her desire for Yoshida is precisely because in his interactions with her, he cuts straight through her false outer persona, 
Yoshida treated her as the person who he knew that she was, not who she portrayed herself to be. The interaction between these two characters came out in a work context, where Not Koga pretended to be far more useless than she really was whilst under his training. She portrayed this falsehood as part of a plan for her convenience in life, so that she could be more lazy at work long term. But nonetheless, this was still a falsely projected persona, even if she was the one who created it for her own pragmatic reasons. And even if she was the one who came up with this idea and was carrying it out for her own benefit, I think that all people have an innate desire to be seen and interacted with as their real self, and in the context of their real capabilities. Whether Yoshida realized the act was fake or not, he treated her not based on this false persona, but as if she was capable of so much more. He treated her as if he knew that she had the potential, which she knew that she really did. So, almost Koga falls for Yoshida, desiring a romantic partner who responds to and treats her as who she really is, and not who she falsely portrays herself to be in the public light. As the series progresses, we can see through Yoshida's perspective him evolving due to his interactions with Sayu, and I can't believe it's not Koga. He begins to have less desire for his senpai, for whom he only had a surface level attraction, and we see both him and Sayu naturally evolving to seek out multiple types of relationships, where they then pursue them due to the underlying nature of a person, and not their surface level persona. Now I'd like to swing this topic a bit and talk about another thing that I really like that this series has done with the character of Sayu. The concept of Yamato Nadashiko, the idea of a perfect woman, one who is humble, gentle, patient, and above all, pure. In so many stories from both the West and the East, women are seen as having to have this purity, and so many authors and stories put this idea of purity on a tall pedestal. And for some reason, a very cringy and vocal part of the incel community that lives in the Mangadex comments section really clings to this ideal. By these standards, Sayu isn't a perfect woman. She is not pure. Sayu was used and sold, as well as the fact that she escaped some unknown home life that must have been equally or even more horrific and abusing to her. And yet this show really destroys this ugly trope of absolute purity being essential. This trope exists for a reason. There is a perception that those who were abused are dirty. That regardless of precluding circumstances, that they are at fault and did the wrong thing. That they somehow violated societal and humanistic ethical taboos. This mindset and where it can lead really reminds me of stories of rape victims in certain countries being jailed or executed for the crime of being raped. Even in developed countries like Japan, there was a fairly recent story of an idol who was sexually assaulted, where she then had to go on the stage and SHE was the one who apologized for letting down her fans. This to me seems utterly repulsive, and the fact that Hige Wosoru displays Sayu in such an immensely positive light, and doesn't even attempt to portray her prior abuse as some type of a character flaw, is really nice to see. Not even despite her past, the story just never even offers the possibility that the precluding events of her life could possibly be a blemish on who Sayu is and how valuable she is as a person. Now finally to take a much less serious note, 
I really enjoy how this manga avoids cheesiness. Around chapter 8, we're left with a cliffhanger when time-traveling Koga discovers that Sayu and Yoshida somehow know each other. This could have been massively easy of a spot to create spice for the sake of spice. A super easy spot for a somewhat-ish, simple-ish situation for the writer to create a massive arc-long spice fest based on miscommunication. But no, this doesn't happen. And in so many spots in this story, people actually communicate and act like real people. They don't overreact. They don't mindlessly misread situations or misunderstand with no attempt to clarify. No, they act like actual adults and it's just so damn refreshing to see. So these reasons are why I love Hige Wosoru. Why I love the relationships between Sayu and Yoshida and the themes that this story explores. I would like to make a follow-up video once the series ends, as I know that these themes will be vastly expanded on and new ones will be introduced. Also, there will be the fleshing out of characters who have only very recently been introduced to the story, who I hope will have a lot to add. So if you've made it this far, I really thank you for listening. This was my first creation, and if you have feedback I welcome it in the comments below, as well as any suggestions for future content. Also, please join my Discord, subscribe to my YouTube, and check out my Instagram, links in the description. And if you're listening to this on some type of a podcast app, consider subscribing there as well. Until next time, wherever you are, enjoy your days, enjoy your nights. I'm heading off, and I will hopefully see you soon again. Bye.